This is Scott Beck with the Becker's Health Podcast. We're today to be joined by a remarkable leader. We're joined today by Zach Yoder. Zach's going to talk to us today about the big priorities for 2023, what he's most focused on, where he's most excited about his system, and a lot more. Zach, can you take a moment to introduce yourself and, and tell us about the system? Yeah, so uh, good morning and thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, my name is Zach Yoder. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at SIHF Healthcare and uh, Touche Regional Hospital, which is uh, out right outside of St. Louis. Um, it's a 137-bed hospital and a, uh, a pretty large FQHC with about 32 sites across the state of Illinois. Um, and so I've uh, worked here for about uh, 18 months. Um, my, my background, I'm, I'm a nurse by background. I was a chief nursing officer with the HSHS uh, system, uh, which is also in Illinois and Wisconsin. Uh, and then prior to that, I was a nurse and uh, leader at uh, Barnes-Jewish Hospital for about 11 years. Thank you. And I guess one question before we get started, and either way, we'll continue with the podcast. Being a person that sort of bridges St. Louis and Illinois, you know, Cardinals or Cubs, and then you spent a little time in Wisconsin, the system does, you're not a Packers fan, are you? I am not a Packers fan, so you can, you can rest assured on that one. <laughs> Yeah, but probably a Cardinals fan of more time in St. Louis, but that's okay. We love you anyways, and we love what you do. Talk to us about FQHCs and, and what an important niche they fill in the healthcare system. Yeah, so FQHCs, you know, I, I'm, I'm somewhat new to this world. I've been, been here about a year and a half, but um, the amazing thing about FQHCs is they, they bridge the gap in a, in a lot of areas that are very low in socioeconomic um, uh, status. And so we see about 100,000 patients uh, across the, um, the Metro East St. Louis area, and actually as far as um, Danville, Illinois at this point, which is about 150, 200 miles from here. So we have a pretty large footprint, um, but we, we specialize in primary care. We have behavioral health, uh, OB services. Uh, we also have uh, pediatrics uh, and dental services as well. We do a lot with the local communities. We do more than just worry about their health care. We also help them with access to other services, such as job placement at times. We help with finding shelter and food services. It's really more than just health care for FQHC. It's really about the overall health of our patients. And, and take a moment, Zach, on the role of the chief operating officer today, at what point that was sort of making sure the trains run on time in organizations, and that's still the core of the job, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? Talk about the role of chief operating officer today and how it sort of bleeds into the role of chief people and culture officer and strategy officer. Talk a little bit about that role of COO today. Yeah, so, you know, my role is really about supporting my team to be able to do the wonderful work that, you know, takes care of our, our rest of our team so they can take care of our patients. But it's also about you know strategizing uh, what to do in the communities. So it's a lot about meeting the community where they're at and figuring out what exactly the community needs uh, on their healthcare journey. So in the last um, year or so, we, we've had a pretty large transformation grant that was awarded to SIHF Healthcare uh, to be able to fund various services. One is um, we're we're opening up community health workers in our network. Uh, and partnering with the Unitas platform uh, to be able to link up community members with services, both healthcare and non-healthcare related uh, in our community to be able to get them the necessary things that they need. So that's one piece of what we're doing. We're also currently breaking ground on the first urgent care 
um, in the East St. Louis area, which is a very underserved area. Uh, we broke ground uh, in November. Uh, and so that construction is underway. Um, and we also are updating our electronic health records. Um, and we're looking at supportive housing uh, and various aspects of, of job placement uh, for a lot of our community members too. So those are a few things that we're underway on right now. Uh, but one of the big things that we've started working on is a specialist network. So in 2019, we had 75,000 unmet uh, referrals uh, go unmet for specialists. So we have a really large need uh, for specialists in our area, especially when it comes to uh, our underserved population. So we're partnering with SIU School of Medicine uh, to bring 12 new referral specialists to the market here. Uh, anything from rheumatology to infectious disease, cardiology, um, and trying to bridge some of the gaps that our patients uh, suffer most from. Can you, you've raised such an important point, Zach, and, and something that does not get enough attention. And this is the issue of the undersupply of specialists in our country. One of the things that's always talked about, and I think there's a narrative, there's a political issue, there's a multiple different things, talks about how short we are on primary care, and we certainly are. But but the beauty of primary care is some of the primary care can be handled through magnificent nurse practitioners, through PAs and so forth to better leverage primary care physicians. What, what cannot be leveraged is a brain surgeon or other things like that. Uh, a psychiatrist even can be leveraged through psychologists, psychologists so there's shortages, huge shortages in those areas. Talk a little bit more, because I don't think this is an issue that gets enough attention, how much there's shortages when you need to find a specialist, you almost need to know somebody today. And talk about your guys' efforts to bring specialists to some of these communities where there are real shortages. That's fantastic. Yeah, the shortages, you're 100% right on that. The shortages are tough even if you don't have a lot of these socioeconomic um, things that you're dealing with. I mean, if you think about if you have insurance right now uh, and you're in a more affluent area, just to see like a dermatologist, for example, I mean, can take months to get in. So you can only imagine what it's like if, if you if you don't have uh, you know the right insurance and you don't have the access to begin with, you have trouble with transportation. Um, once you start piling those things on, it, it really becomes nearly impossible to keep up with some of those components of your health that aren't just primary care. Uh, so when we talk about uh, the needs, we've, we've really taken an inventory of our area of what's really needed. We have a, we have a large population of uh, children that are asthmatic, for example. So what can we do uh, on the pediatric side to, to build an asthma, asthma program for our community and, and leverage our pulmonologists with, with SIU, for example? Um, and so really it's about having that consistency and also building something that is sustainable. So the one thing we don't want to do is, is create, for example, a cardiology program that is some you know, locum program that comes in and gives, gives care and services, but then it's not there next year or the year after. With specialists, you either need them immediately for something, like, like maybe an orthopedic surgery, or, or with cardiology, you need it long-term and you need more maintenance. So we have to think about those things when we're building services uh, to make sure that we're doing the right thing and something that is sustainable uh, and not just kind of a flavor of the week, so to speak. No, 100%. And, and, and talk for a moment about, you've got this great leadership career. You handle yourself remarkably well. What, what sort of advice do you give to evolving leaders, You know, people trying to have impactful and enjoyable careers? 
I think one of the things that I've always kind of hung on is doing the, the right thing for the right reasons. So not being afraid to step outside of the box and, and make some mistakes at times, you know, if it, you know, when you fail sometimes at doing things, it's because you're trying new things. So you have to always keep in mind, what am I here for? What am I doing? And how can I, how can I help make my community a better place? So if it is, um, engaging with patients and learning more about what what they're um, dealing with in the community so that we can help bridge those gaps or if it's starting an entire specialist program right those are those are very complex things to do that are kind of riddled with areas you could uh, you could fail in or or bottlenecks or, ha or what have you but you know at times sometimes you can be paralyzed uh, and not move forward on things because there's you know there's some worry about not doing it correctly but i think pulling the teams in being there for the right reason and then supporting the people on your team so that they can grow and they have the autonomy to get the work done um you know i think it's just being there and being present and doing the right thing thank you zach and anything else you'd like to share with listeners today about what you're doing and about the system um i think you know for us that 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 um transformation that we're undergoing right now over the next uh, five years is um, is really large. I, I, you know, I came here to this organization because I believe in the mission uh, and I believe in, in the vision, what we're doing here. And, you know, it's really nice to be able to work somewhere where you, you really truly want to impact the entire health of the patient, um, both, both clinically and, and in other aspects of their life. And so you know, to, to be able to be blessed enough to work somewhere where I, I get that feeling every day that I'm truly making a difference and I'm not just um, trying to churn numbers or, or make a profit or, or get my um, my percentages up uh, is really, really important for me. So, you know, a lot of times if you're doing the right thing, uh, those numbers will follow. Um, and so um, I'm just really happy to, to be a part of something bigger than myself. Thank you very much. This concept of doing one's job, doing the right thing, and the rewards, the accolades, the money will follow, is something that can never be forgotten. If you sort of do the right thing, you build the right thing, you contribute it the right way, and you have your eyes open, things tend to work out, don't they? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that because I've experienced it. Um, it doesn't go without hardships at times, as you, as you, as you know. Uh, there are times where, you, you know, you feel like you're a failure and there's times that you're like, wow, this the, the last six months of grinding through this was totally worth it. Um, but all in all, when you look back on it, you know, you want to be proud of your career and you want to be proud of the things you've done. Uh, and you want to you want to make the place uh, better than when you arrived, you know, and, and when you do happen to move on into the future with whatever you're doing, you want to leave it in, in good hands so somebody can take that baton forward and carry on. So. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. It's uh, it's huge. I, I want to thank you, Zach, for joining us today. What a, what a magnificent pleasure, and I particularly bond with you because you you assured me you're not a Packers fan. So thank you so much. No, I, Packers are a great franchise, but we we as a Chicago Bear fan can't hate, but not like them because they've been beating up on us so badly for the last thirty years. Uh, <laughs> Zach, thank you for joining us today on the Beckers Healthcare Podcast. What a pleasure. Absolutely nice, nice to meet you as well.